What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. So, what's up, guys? It's episode 99. We're going to be doing an episode on some fucking <laughs> werewolves, I guess. Werewolves. Uh, we haven't done those very much. We did it once before. Was that when we did, like, the lichen choke shot? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was, actually. Uh, we have a different shot, though, for you guys today on that one. But we're going to be reviewing Howling 1 and Howling 2. Your sister's a werewolf. Or Sturba, werewolf bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting episode because those movies were buck shit wild. I haven't seen them in forever. So uh, I might have seen Halloween. Hello. Hello. How? Howling? How? 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 Terrible. Uh, so how have you been, Brittany? What's going on with you? Good. Uh, just getting prepped for Mad Monster this weekend. So yeah, that's a good time. I'm pretty excited about Doing it. A bunch of last minute shit per usual. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's last minuteing shit right well, now. I'm like I'm annoyed because I had like everything planned out already, like almost two weeks ago, which is astounding for me because usually I'm like a last minute thing. But now I like last night, literally like in a dream, like something really fucking cool came to me to do for like one of my costume pieces for this weekend. And now I'm like scrambling to get everything together to do it. Oh, yeah. I so forgot I'm, about that. Like, hoping the pieces that like I ordered to put together and make the whole thing like actually get here tomorrow when they're supposed to. But you can't always trust Amazon. Right, so, so you gotta have a backup. Knock on wood. There's a store I can probably go to to buy everything, but it's it's marked up more. Right, there, so you're gonna so buy it twice. I was like, I'm just gonna buy it here first, and if I don't get it on time, then I guess I'll go to the store and buy everything, and then return all the stuff on Amazon. I did drink, by the way. Uh, oh, Christina made me. What a bitch. She made me drink on Monday when I streamed because she was worried that I was gonna get sick from drinking, and then I drank half a bottle of oh. that Jack. That's one of the reasons why I haven't, I didn't quit completely is because I, I was worried about next or this weekend. Right. I didn't, it didn't but affect me at all. I only like on Saturday, like we went to a friend's party and I was supposed to, we were, I was supposed to perform on Saturday night too with the agents and for like one of our gigs that we had. And I went to our friend's party, which is a commitment that I had first. Mm -hmm. I had two fucking drinks and I was too shithouse to fucking drive myself to go to my own gig. And I was like, Wow. I have never not shown up at one of my own performances. Like, thankfully, there was enough other performers there to, to like, take, take care it. of it. Oh, wow, yeah. But, you know, I have never. Well, at least we you, we <laughs> have hotel rooms. Um, so, yeah, no you know, if, if we need to lay down for an hour or two, like, we'll be fine. Take a nap, whatever. Get back up and, you know, have another yeah. drink. So, 
I totally am going to tell you about like what I'm planning to do. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. For Saturday. Like Fridays is going to be cool. Like I, I was going to do, I was going to reverse them. But now since I thought of this like sick ass thing to do for my, for my uh, clown costume, like I'm going to switch that to Saturday now. Oh, it's gonna okay. be so cool. Anyways. Saturdays are the big days. Saturdays are the big days. Yeah. So you want to save your goods for the, you know, your best one. Pretty much. Yeah. And like, I'm always lazy on Sunday. So I'm like, I might not even paint my face on Sunday. Who knows? Like right. sometimes I put something stupid on and I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> Cause I'm only there for a couple hours, but excuse me. So I was going to do this. I'm doing this like crazy, like, op- like big smile carved into my face. Like I want to be a fucking clown with that face on. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to paint from like here above the smile up as a clown. And then Wait, your top mouth. Yeah. Above my yeah. lips, basically. So kind of like a skull clown. Well, it's still going to be a clown. Skull I just have a big creepy smile and like a smile out of blood and latex and stuff instead of like I'm drawing on my smile like I normally do. Right. Okay. So, um, and then I made like this like ridiculously tall, like little clown hat with spikes all over it and stuff. <laughs> but last night I had this dream and actually I'm pretty sure I was awake. I was just thinking, couldn't fall asleep. I was like, how fucking cool would it be like to care? I was like, I'm going to, I want to carry balloons around with me, right? Well, I had this idea that I'm going to make my own fucking balloon bouquet and put human faces on a couple of the balloons. Oh, wow. So my whole plan, like the whole concept of my character is that I'm going around and collecting human faces for my balloon bouquet. (laughs) And I've never seen this done before. So I'm like, oh my God, am I going to be the first person to do that? Because that'd be so cool. Yeah. So I am going to be putting together, I'm crafting this whole like cool ass thing. To, you still to haven't make, finished it yet? To, no. I just thought of it last night and oh I couldn't like, that's why I was like, fuck. And I couldn't like order anything until today. And so I'm going to be working on it like tomorrow night, Late, tomorrow yeah. and then some day, some of the day Friday, but that's okay. Cause I'm not going to use it till Saturday. It's true. So this works, but I'm like, if it comes together and works the way that I'm imagining it to like, fuck yeah. I'm so excited. If it doesn't, then I'll just do it for a shoot like right, later yeah. on instead of carrying it around the whole time. But I'm I have a whole solid fucking plan and it's just gonna I just gonna have to throw it together. I've not been much of a person that gets dressed up for uh for Halloween or anything anymore. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, I always do like for Mad Monster, I always have stuff planned out, but this year will be the most I've ever like thought ahead and of shit time, yeah. I've put into like an actual character for both days. Right. So like I'm doing a really creepy nun on Friday. And then my creepy ass psycho clown on Saturday, and I'm so excited. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of different people there uh, at the convention for Mad Monster Party Phoenix, which you guys won't hear in this till we're done with it. But and then we'll probably talk about it a little bit next week. Yeah, we will. Uh, probably because there's just going to be so much going on, uh, so many things that had happened. I'll have to like I don't know, try to document as much as I can. <laughs> Uh, we got Gun Media is going to be there from Friday the 13th. So those of you who watch me stream and video game uh, Friday the 13th, the game, uh, I'm going to be asking some some hard hitting questions in that Q&A a little bit. Uh, not to be a dick, uh, but just get some clarity. And I, I want to try to get an interview. So we'll see. Uh, it would be really great, you know, because it's not like I'm against them. I just want to try to get the, you know, opinion of like what is going on. Because yeah. so many people are upset and I don't think they've been like completely clear about it they've written a couple of statements but i think it would be good to hear someone's voice over it so right. i'm gonna i'm gonna try my best i don't know who's gonna be there from gun media but i assume that Wes keltner is gonna be there we got fucking robert england michael bain uh William kane Forsyth. hotter 
Yeah, Kane Hodder's going to be dressed up in two different fucking Friday the 13th the game characters, which is the 8-bit Jason and Tom Savini Jason, which he's going to be doing the art or the makeup for both. Uh, I didn't get tickets, and I wish I could, but man. He's doing the 8-bit one? He's doing 8-bit and Tom Savini on two different days. Sweet. Yeah. I didn't realize he was doing the 8-bit. I know, and I, did, like, I feel like I, uh, I owe it to everybody to do the 8-bit Jason because yeah. that's the one I use in the game. So we also got... Um, Tom Matthews is going to be there. That's who I was thinking of. Uh, I really want to get a, a, a picture with him. Like a huge part of the Nightmare on Elm Street cast is going to be there. Art the Clown, like all these different people. D. Uh, Wallace. Wallace is going <laughs> to be there. I'm really excited about that. Uh, I want to see her reaction when she signs the Red Christmas. I, know, I guarantee you nobody will bring that. I want to be there when you go. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I want to see her face too. Okay, yeah. I I don't want to like 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 if I'm streaming, like I kind of want to like meet people as I'm doing it and but I don't want to like push it in their face. Well, I can hold the camera and just stand there. <laughs> wow. I mean, I guess if you want to do that, but god. Turn it on me for long amounts of time. You'll be like <gasps> You got to get the action, Brittany. Yeah, I don't want to make you the cameraman. Like, I feel like bad. Like, does anybody want to be our cameraman uh, and can take a time machine backwards? Yeah. Uh, let us know. Um, Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, guys, we'll try to give you uh, some of that. Uh, hopefully you guys saw some of the uh, the footage that we did live there. I don't know. So we're talking about this on Wednesday. We're actually recording a day earlier than we normally do just so that we can squeeze in. I have to squeeze in basically a week's worth of work into four days <laughs> this week. So it's like, fuck. Uh, but anyway, so. But I think it might be that time, Brittany. Oh, <laughs> shit. Horse shots! All right, guys. So as you already know, we watched a couple of movies this week, The Howling and The Howling 2, and we figured it'd be really apropos to do a shot based around a werewolf of some sort. But not just any part of the werewolf, the Red Rocket. So disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so well, fitting. I mean, so gross. you will find out, guys, that this movie is essentially a furry porn movie, uh, a Skinamax flick, if you will. Um, for yeah, pretty much because it's like layer the white worm quality almost. No, they didn't have they had sex scenes, but it wasn't like, you know, you couldn't see anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Skinamax. It's like no dicks or anything. A lot of boobs. Yeah. Always. Always. It's bullshit. <laughs> but anyway, we figured, you know, to add a little sexuality because that's the howling. Add a little bit of, you know, red rocket because, you know. <laughs> so anyway, what is in a red rocket? Well, what you're going to want to do is it's three ingredients. OK, so you're going to get one part. Well, you're going to get a splash of grenadine, grain alcohol, half of which and then a half a shot of strawberry pucker, which is basically strawberry schnapps. And you're going to mix them together, and you're going to take the shot. But before you take the shot, guys, you got to put on red lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> we talked preferably, about that. Preferably, preferably Molly Ringwald style. Right, over like, and over. Like Stick it between your tits, right, and then and just like, rub it all over your mouth. Heavy set dudes, you can figure it out. Yeah, you got tits. Like, I got, I've got, i I've done it, so you can do it. Or enough. You got enough something. Even, like, not heavy set dudes. <laughs> like, you probably can squeeze enough together. 
Yeah, maybe have just, your girlfriend do it. Maybe have one of your best friends help you put it on slowly. With their dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This is really devolved Stick into something. It in your girlfriend's vagina and then put the <laughs> lipstick on that way. So, uh, so many ways. But seriously, this sounds like a really good shot, and I'm sure it's actually got a, a little bit of a punch, it's too. It's disgusting. So it's probably like taking two shots because like every shot of grain is like four shots, I think, of regular yeah typical Something stuff like you know i don't know but jungle juice <laughs> if you guys would love to take a red rocket and put on lipstick before you shoot it all you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horse shot section now horse shots that's it for horse <laughs> shots all right guys so now we're going to go ahead and skip over the news this week because this is these two movies have a lot of fucking trivia a lot of people in them I didn't want to make this a two-hour episode, so I'm trying to save you guys a little bit of time because I know your time is important. And while we may think our voices are that of angels, uh, you guys have shit to do. So uh, without further ado, we're going to jump into our flesh and potatoes of The Howling 1 and 2. Right now. kick it off in chronological order of course just like we watch them because i can't watch a franchise and by the way i would really like to finish this franchise and like have us come back to it so maybe we'll do like part three and four one month another like next month and then we'll do part five and six next month can't wait <laughs> yeah i know they get really weird yeah um but and don't don't forget guys like next week is our 100th episode we've invited on patrick i'm hoping that he'll show up you fuck we figured it'd be fun we're just gonna kind of like shoot the shit maybe get some shots and stuff that we've done before uh haven't heard any suggestions about which shots we should do yet from you guys yet but that's okay if you want to you can let us know this week uh by going to our contact section hitting us up on social media wherever you can instagram whatever so uh, just let us know what it's about. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so we'll kick it off with The Howling. So The Howling came out in 1981. The story, after a bizarre and near fatal encounter with a serial killer, a television newswoman is sent to a remote mountain resort whose residents may not be what they seem. Bum, bum, bum. But I don't think that's really the story. Like, kind of not. Yeah, it like throws you through a loop. She was in a city, so off the bat, and she was sent in as an undercover news reporter, which they don't do that shit, by the way. Uh, at least not nowadays. Anyway, right? It's just in the movies. It's interesting for the movies. Wasn't this like a running theme for a while in like the eighties, where they like tormented newscasters? I don't know. Pretty <laughs> sure. Like it maybe it was like the mid to late seventies and. 80s beginning early 80s i think where they like had a bunch of movies like this where they were fucking with female newscasters well it was considered to be hard-hitting journalism like not just for women but anybody who would go out there this is johnny five live on kdkp um but the story is based off of gary brandner's a 1977 horror novel called the howling as well and this film is actually not as accurate to that story as part 
which is the called Howling 4, the original nightmare, where they kind of revisit the actual story from the book. Uh, it's actually, it may not be the better film. I haven't seen it in forever, so I couldn't say for sure. But um, that came out in 1988. But both are based on the same novel by Gary Brandner. Director Joe Dante made this film. He is known for movies like Piranha, Twilight Zone, the movie, Gremlins 1 and 2, The Burbs, among many, 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 many more. Uh, Joe Dante has done The Explorers even, which was like a kid's movie and stuff, uh, which I really like that movie. If you're into like 80s kids movies, like ones that kind of push the boundaries a little bit for, you know, kids that weren't supposed to watch certain things at a certain age. That's one of those movies. Uh, the special makeup effects were done by Rob Bowton. I think that's how you pronounce it. Could be Botton. Uh, the Incredible Melting Man is one of the movies he did. The Thing, The Fog, Piranha, Robocop, Seven. Uh, it was originally supposed to have Rick Baker to do the original actual makeup and everything. But funny enough, he actually went off to make another movie around the same time called American Werewolf in London, <laughs> which a lot of people compete with, you know, which one's the better film because they came out at the same time. And it was like, you know, the 80s were definitely werewolf central. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. Also, the screenplays were written by a couple of different people, and I'll explain a little bit more once we get to the second one. John Sayles helped write the screenplay. He's a writer, director, and a producer of many different films. Uh, his more notable genre films that he has written are Piranha, Battle Beyond the Stars, Alligator, The Clan of the Cave Bear, and he's also writing a new Django Lives movie, which will be coming out in 2018 or 19. So I looked that up. I was like, oh, I wonder if it's like a Tarantino or if he's writing it. I don't know what's going on. So I'm interested. Yeah. Also, the screenplay was written by Terrence H. Winkless, uh, who helped to write the screenplay. He He's known for mostly directing a few things uh, and even some acting, but he's the director of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the biggest things. He did some of the earliest ones of the series. He did some of the later ones, like a bunch of stuff. Um, he's also known for directing The Nest and Not of This Earth, which, by the way, Terrence was the first writer on it. And then Joe Dante was not real happy with what he was writing. So they pulled in John Sayles because he just didn't like what he was writing, I guess. So um, which is kind of funny because this is kind of a silly movie. Yeah. Either way. So I, I'm really curious to see what it what it was going to be like before. Right. <laughs> what direction were you going? <laughs> right. Uh, some of the cast is Dee Wallace, who plays Karen White. She's the reporter that we were talking about. She's obviously known for E.T., Critters, Cujo, The Hills Have Eyes, which was her first horror movie, by the way. She also did Popcorn, Alligator 2, The Frighteners, Headspace, Boo, and of course, Craig Anderson's Red Christmas, which we uh, interviewed. Also, it stars Patrick Mackney, who is Dr. George Wagner. He's known for many types of movies in general. He has done a lot of genre film, but he's been a, a very well-seasoned actor for 175 roles about. He was in Waxwork, where he gets his head ripped off by a werewolf, coincidentally. <laughs> he goes, oh, my goodness, like as he's getting his head ripped off. It's beautiful. <laughs> he's in a wheelchair and everything. Oh, yeah. 
But uh, he was also in Battlestar Galactica, the TV show, the Twilight Zone TV show, Alfred Hitchcock, a bunch of his earlier and later um, presents ones. He was in a Bond movie called A View to Kill, the Avengers TV show, and even the remake of that, uh, the movie that they did. Hmm. He was in the World of the Worlds TV series and Alien Transformations, or just called Transformations. I believe it came out in 88. It's a weird one. They have it on Blu-ray now. I looked it up. Nice. Uh, also, it stars Christopher Stone, who plays R. William, or Bill, Neal. And uh, he was also in Cujo, the TV show Lassie, which he actually directed like three episodes of. And he was in the movies The Annihilators and Invisible Mom was one of the last credits. Uh, also, Dennis Duggan, who plays Chris Halloran, known for directing and also acting in quite a few Adam Sandler movies like Happy Gilmore. I was so surprised by that. Zohan, <laughs> Big Daddy, uh, I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, Grown Ups 1 and 2. I mean, I'll pretty much stop there. Pretty much every Adam Sandler movie that's ever been made, this guy has directed it and also done bit parts in. I know. Now I want to go back and look for him specifically because I was like, Oh, you I don't, don't remember him? No. I oh, I do. Him. I totally like, do. And I've seen like almost every Adam Sandler movie ever made because I love him. I believe so. he's the, if you if you watch Happy Gilmore, he's the guy who runs the, the, the golf course. That makes sense. Yeah. because That one makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's the one he is. I just, I can't I think, think of the other I think that was ones. the only one I can actually place his face in, but like the others, I don't remember. A lot of them, it's like his character kind of runs together. Like, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. it's not like I'm going to complain about watch, re-watching those movies to try and find him right all yeah all day long. well you love those movies <laughs> yes <yeah>. i do <laughs> um not zohan but he also was in a movie called day of the locust i try to find genre films that that these actors would be in so uh also the uh late great kevin mccarthy he played fred francis in uh he was in the original and the remake of invasion of the body snatchers he was in inner space piranha the sleeping car ghoulies three uh dark tower Eve of Destruction, and one of the more later ones, which is Fallen Angels. It's kind of like an independent film about demons and shit. It's pretty weird. Demons. I was hoping it would be good, but it wasn't. Um, <laughs> Belinda Balowski, who plays Terry Fisher. She's one of the other reporters. Uh, she's kind of like the lower one. Uh, she's in Gremlins, Small Soldiers, Piranha. Uh, you catching a theme here, by the way? Yeah. Uh, Explorers, Amazon Women of the Moon, Gremlins 2. So John Carradine's in this movie. He plays Earl Kenton. He was in Kung Fu TV series, Shockwaves, Satan's Cheerleader, The Boogeyman, The Nesting, Ice Pirates, Jacko, Evil Spawn, Evils of the Night, and probably more that you already know. <laughs> One more, and then we'll skip all the cast because I could just keep going. By the way, guys, oh, there's wow. so many people in this. Uh, Robert Picardo, he plays Eddie Quist. He was in Star Trek Voyager. Uh, he was also in Star Trek First Contact movie. Uh, he was in Inner Space, The Orville, Oh God, You Devil, Legend, Explorers, Back to School, Munchies, Dead Heat, Nine Seven Six Evil, The Burbs, Total Recall, Gremlins Two. Holy shit! Um, I, I get to keep going, but uh, I'll stop there. Lots of people who got big or bigger or were big in this movie. Right. The movie was filmed in 28 days, by the way, and had a budget of a $1.5 million to make 
and it made almost $18 million at the box that's office. That's awesome. And I, I think that's only domestically, so I don't know if they did it overseas or anything like that, yeah. but it was pretty successful. That's less of a budget than I expected them to have. Well, and, and the, almost 18 times the amount that they spent. Which is great. Which is, yeah, this, that's why there's a franchise, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. And that's crazy, too, considering that this came out at the same time as American Werewolf in London. Mm. Sorry, I was and drinking. I feel like another werewolf movie or something came around at the same time. There too. was a lot. I don't, I don't know, but that that All year within though, those, like couple years. Yeah. That year was like two of the most impressive transformation uh, practical effects films in in cinema. Uh, at that time, it was just like it was a lot. Yeah, and it was like. You know, I have my thoughts about which one I like more, and we'll get into that later. But what are your thoughts on this movie, Brittany? I well, this movie's like a, it's to me, it's a classic. So this okay. is one of the greatest werewolf transformations. Period. Okay. Um, especially for its time, I'm always impressed every time I see it. I, I always am like, this movie is so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and then it like gets to that part, and I'm like, okay, it's worth it. <laughs> it's so worth it, even though some parts are really slow with it. It's still so worth it. Like it's right. it's really really fucking cool. Okay. You know, and while this, I feel like the story veers off course several times and it's a little convoluted and a little ridiculous and the acting spotty here and there for certain characters like it's still enjoyable enough of a movie and it is something that i feel like if you're gonna say you like horror movies this is definitely something you should have seen oh yeah <laughs> or you should see if you haven't like yeah. just spend the time watch the old 80s movies some of them are stupid but they do end up being worth it in the end I don't know. I, I've always really liked this movie. I've had a soft spot for it. I don't really like werewolf movies very much. I'm not like well versed in the history of the werewolf. Right. Like, okay. I was discussing that with Mouse the other day, actually. <laughs> like we were watching it because I was like, I don't know. Like I never really cared. And then until I saw like the lichens in um, Underworld. And then I'm like, but then that guy's like super hot too. So then it like changes it. And I'm like, no, he's just really hot. He's not scary. Yeah. Well, that, like, that just, transformation like, was garbage. Yeah, it was. Oh, wait, he's a vampire werewolf? Yeah, stupid. And he's going to turn into a purple smurf? But he's hot, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but it can, That's they, how they validated it, okay? They could have done it way better. <laughs> yes, they could have. They could have made like a, like a werewolf with wings. Yeah, and it's all like CGI. So it's like they should have fucking made it cool. And I it think. Just I mean, sucked, but... not trying to shit on Underworld. I know no, you guys. I... Some of you guys like it, and I did like some of the yeah. movies, but they got a little too much no, for me. Personally, I actually really enjoy Underworld. Okay, but that was like the first time I really gave a shit, I guess, about like like werewolves or lichens or whatever. Like I've seen some other stuff in the past. Like I've always liked The Howling, right? And well, American Werewolf in London. But part of that reason is is because of your age, not to. No, it is. Yeah, it you, absolutely. You is. missed a lot of the when hem- they came out. Yeah, yeah, when they were really coming out. The '90s had some, but they weren't like that. No, no, they weren't. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I I, I was always I always feel like I was born in the wrong fucking generation. So it's just how it is yeah you missed but out right now i, I did prefer too. a lot of older shit than anything that's new so well i was i don't know i was born just before that so it's yeah. not like i i mean i i grew up with yeah, some of that stuff but i feel like you definitely like thrive in oh yeah movies in these ranges sure date ranges or whatever and so 80s some of is them, my thing yeah. some of them i've like actually a good handful of them i've seen but then some of them i haven't but then every time you're like let's watch this stupid 80s movie i'm like fuck yeah yeah. <laughs> like, let's yeah, fucking been... watch it. I love the eighties. Which so. by the way, guys, what do you think? Are you enjoying that us that we're doing all these like weird like we do a lot of weird old movies. Yeah, like weird like sh- I don't know. I, I know I rotate towards the eighties. I try to get out of it a lot. We did like the endless and hereditary, which I felt like 
okay, now we really got to take it back because we're just doing too many, like... Yeah, we try not to do too many, like, quote-unquote popular mainstream shit. Just right. because even The Howling, I think, is mainstream. But sure. it's old, so at the same time, stuff that people aren't really talking about that much. Like, sometimes you want to talk about things that people are talking about because we want to join in on that conversation or have our own take on it. But, right. you know, most of the time we want to revisit subjects and revisit movies that well, you guys don't And I want people to see things know. that they've never seen, and right. I want to see things I haven't seen, too, That's so... What I love so much about our podcast right. is I get to see stuff I've never seen or heard of before. <laughs> and then when I see stuff that I get excited about that Alex hasn't heard of, I'm like, holy balls. It's pretty rare. That never happens. <laughs> well, it's happened like twice. <laughs> wow, well, I'm just saying. And it's it was pretty super rare. cool the two times that it happened. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, anyways. But yeah, so I love Dee Wallace. She's an adorable little human. And you I, liked her in I this? like her in this. Yes, I just like her character. Not as much as like other movies. Not as much as other movies, no. Okay. But I do like her. Well, Cujo is like her this. moment. Yes, it, it is. I actually really uh, preferred the the woman who played Terry. She was probably my favorite character right. in this entire movie. Like I thought her acting was strong from beginning to end, and I was really, really sad when her character died. I was like, oh, God yeah. damn it! <laughs> just chuck her aside. It was so it was sad, but they did a good <laughs> they did a good job with that scene with her that, right but yeah i actually really liked her i thought she was a good actress and i liked her her screen presence and the whole time mouse and they're like who the fuck is that like why do we recognize her and i'm like gremlins yeah <laughs> like, anyways but yeah this is a fun movie watch it if you've never seen it i enjoy it it has a lot of cool practical effects into it and you guys know how much i love practical effects so as sure. i talk about it incessantly and every time there's actual practical effects so yeah. Okay. I think that the movie is pretty awesome, especially with its effects 100%. I mean, it is a little silly at times, and I still I still like it. And the effects at the time were technically cutting edge, so people were blown away by this shit, especially this and, uh, of course, uh, American Werewolf in London, uh, because those transformations were just fucking batshit fucking amazing. We'd only seen cuts. People had, would do cuts of this stuff and, like, quick choppy cuts so that it kind of, like, you see the progression, but it wasn't, like, these long shots, which were just amazing. So, obviously, the movie does have great effects. I'm not going to argue that 100%, but... It is, like I said, a little, the movie is pretty silly in a lot of ways. Like, but for Gorehounds, it's really not an issue because we don't really give a shit about whether it's silly, um, you know, ridiculous or whatever. We're really there just for the fucking gore ride. I mean, the story isn't horrible or anything like that. I no, really did like it. I feel like it's just put together weird. It is a classic for sure. For anybody that's into werewolves, this is one, if you haven't seen it, like, fuck, dude, you need to see it. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. I feel like they chose to go all out on numerous forms of the effects in this. So you got, you know, it could be simple applications. They've got teeth, masks, molds, like being puppeted. They, uh, they, the full on transformation is just, it's all bubbling and popping and like creepy and shit. Although I felt like it was a little too long in times. It was too long. The bubbling and stuff. Yeah. Like I felt like it, it was just bubbling. Like his skin was just popping. (laughs) So, There were some sexy scenes that kind of make you understand where the sequels got the inspiration from, that's for sure. The movie in its franchise, by the way, is pretty notorious for getting the wolf nookie action going. They're animals, but if you love furry, this is probably going to tickle your hairy pickle and all the red, hot rocket spots that you dreamed of, I'm sure. So... That's uh, the Red Rocket thing. I just can't get it out of my head. Um, I feel like we talked about Red Rockets like two weeks ago, too, somehow. <laughs> we may have. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> 
uh, but it it is pretty sexual for a horror movie. I mean, there's it kind of makes me wonder about the original three novels that these are based off yeah. of and like what they're like. I haven't read them. So if you guys like have any comparisons who are listening and you want to tell me like what you think of the novels versus it, I would love to hear that. So, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to read more books than I do, but I can't, you know, I can't even watch enough movies. Like, like that's, that's the fun. problem. It's been a long while since I visited in any of these movies, by the way. Maybe it was in the 90s, I think, that I might have watched uh, like some of the last ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so let alone the whole franchise. I mean, in, in fact, I may have missed like four or five of them. I don't even know. So there's like a technically like eight, although there's this other new movie that just came out in 2017 that's unrelated, not based off the stories, not based off a sequel, reboot, anything. It's just called The Howling, which I thought was really weird. But I guess maybe that's why there's so many weird movies yeah. is because the name wasn't copyright or something. It might be public domain. Maybe by now. I don't know. But, I mean, it is a fun ride. So, I mean, I did enjoy it. It is kind of schlocky for some. I think some people that are younger might not really get it as much as, like, people who are older. It genuinely had some decent ideas in it, iconic moments. But it all gets a little too silly for me to take it too seriously, which is fine. But it definitely shifts the tone of the film for me. But seeing Dee Wallace, Kevin McCarthy, John Carradine, and Patrick Mackney was pretty comfortable seeing, you know, you kind of forget some of these actors sometimes when you don't watch these old movies. Yeah. And they used to be like such a big part of all the movies that you, that I grew up watching. So I'm like, oh yeah, I remember him. Oh yeah, I remember him. And now I know their names. And it's just, it was kind of nice to see him. A lot of them have passed away since then. So, uh, but all in all, this isn't going to be the best movie ever, but it's a hell of a lot better than many other werewolf films out there. It definitely belongs in the top portion of, of werewolf movies. So I would recommend going to see it or watching it. We had it on... It's on Shutter. It's on Shutter. Okay. I can never tell because I do the Shutter subscription through Amazon. Yeah. So, uh, like, so I can I. never tell. Oh, no, wait. I have the Shutter channel. Yeah, it's on Shutter. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then but... the other one is on Fandango Thing to Rent or Voodoo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was the hardest of all of the movies to find. Yeah, I really struggled with it. I was like, well, there's one place I haven't checked, and I was like, voodoo. And then I went, and I was like, oh, thank God, because you can't rent it anywhere. Yeah. Like, I tried finding, like, well, you know, you can find it illegitimately, but I just hate buffering and all that shit. Like, it it, it annoys me. me So I'm just like, fuck it. I'll spend $3 just so I don't have to get angry. Right. (laughs) I feel the same way. Don't ruin my experience. But yeah, man, if you guys have not seen this, you really owe it to yourself to watch it. I think it's good. I would uh, definitely watch both the first Howling and then the first American Werewolf in London uh, shortly after, just so you can kind of get the experience like most people did in the 80s. So I highly recommend that. Um, some people will probably argue with you with which one's better than the other. I feel like American Werewolf in London to me is a little bit more, you know, it's a little scarier. I agree. And I think that the the transformation in it is just a touch. It blew me yeah. away. Uh, where the other one is a little schlockier, even though it's these are both great, and I'm not knocking any of the effects. I just was a little bit more impressed with the American Werewolf in London uh, effects because it was like more natural. I don't know how to explain it, mm-hmm. but they're both fucking mind blowing. Yeah. So for the time. Fucking dude, watching that guy's hand in American Werewolf in London like turn into the like 
dew claw and everything was just fucking awesome. I was like, holy shit. They do a lot of really cool pieces, like reverse transformation too in this movie. Oh, okay. That I was really impressed by. Really? There's just so much trivia on this, guys. It's pretty ridiculous. Speaking of which, apparently during the shooting of this movie, when uh, Robert Picardo was... He was uh, very despondent after the hours he had to spend in the makeup that they put him in. He said, one day after spending six and a half hours in the makeup chair, I was thinking, trained at Yale, two leading roles on Broadway, my first acting role in California. My face gets melted in a low budget horror movie. (laughs) All the crew had to say to that was, Bob, next time, read the script all the way through first. Mm Which I think is hilarious. Wah. You know, like, no one cares. I mean, it's not like it hurt his career. No. You know what I mean? He went on to Star Star Trek Voyager, like, which, you know, it wasn't the most successful, but that's a pretty successful gig. Mm -hmm. And he's been in a ton of other movies, so. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Did you know a lot of the characters in the movie were based off of directors of other werewolf movies? That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa, I never even considered that. Because they don't, you don't listen to the last name, really, or anything like that. But some old ones, a lot of old ones, they pay a lot of homage in this movie. Like, they have George Wagner, Roy William Neal, Terrence Fisher, Freddie Francis, Earl Kenton, Sam Newfield, Charles Barton. Jerry Warren, Lou Landers, and Jacinto Molino, which was an alternate name that Paul Nashi actually used to use. So these are all people who have done their work, their fair share of that. But they didn't stop there. No, 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 no. <laughs> they actually had a ton of hidden werewolf stuff in the movie. Did you notice any of these things? Not that I can think of. Okay, so to name a few, guys, just for those of you who may have seen it, maybe didn't notice this. Uh, one, there is a book near a phone called Howl. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is another the one is that there is a, is a, a brand of chili named oh, yeah. wolf <laughs> on top of the fridge. Now I'm seeing what you're getting at. Right. Yeah. And, and the book Bill Neal is reading in bed after being bitten is called you can't go home by Thomas. Get this wolf. wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that references the fact that now Bill is forever changed and he can quote, never go home again. So, right. uh, there's another one. There is a picture of a wolf attacking a flock of sheep above Karen and Bill's bed, which... No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, and which, by the way, they were engaged when this movie was shot. Oh, they were? Yes. Shoot. So, did you catch Roger Corman in it? Mm-mm. He's on the telephone outside. They have a lot of cameos in this. Oh, the, the dude outside the phone booth? Yes, he goes... Oh, it's just like yeah, a yeah. really brief thing, but I was like, yeah. oh, that's Roger Corman right there. Because uh, he's wearing, like, that gaudy suit, like, the real, yeah. like, Bible-thumping yeah. salesman, whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, I, I, I recognized him immediately, though. Um, they even had a, a nod to Famous Monsters of Filmland in there. Like, you see him pull up the magazine. They had that in there. I did see that. Right. John Sales, who I mentioned, who did the screenplay, who finished it up after Terrence did, uh, he was in that. He was a morgue assistant in the movie. Oh, okay. Mick Garris was also in this uh, movie as well. He was one of the guys on the couch when uh, Karen has her transformation. Uh, He's one of the guys on the couch watching the TV. Yeah, there's a lot of people in this fucking movie. So there was a lot of homage. So a lot of people were really excited for this. Yeah. A lot of like, uh, you know, people who are, you know, big into horror and have pushed the, the fucking genre. 
uh, were in this movie. So one of one thing I thought was really interesting too is that Joe Dante had been very very critical of the book. He didn't. He said it was like there was many interviews of him actually talking shit about it. Uh, and finally, there was this one time where he was like, I think it was live on film or like on TV or something like that. It said it was he was at the Hollywood Scripting Institute for a lecture and they filmed it on TV, I guess. Um, it said Dante started talking and bad mouthing the book again. And a man raised his hand from the audience and said, so you don't like the book, huh? <laughs> And Dante answered, well, no, not really. Please tell me it was the author. Yes. Uh, the man in the audience that replied, uh, he's like, because I wrote that book. So it was Gary Brandner <laughs> who wrote the oh, book. Wow. So kind of caught him there. Yeah, for made real. Made him feel like shit, I'm sure. Um, made me feel like shit. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, that's pretty much it. There was a few other things that I could mention, but there's just so much. I just wanted to pick a few things. But uh, did you have any favorite scenes or anything that you really loved? Like anything that caught you off guard up first or anything um, you notable that you wanted to bring up? Yeah. Well, we already talked about the first initial transformation, which is awesome. Actually, like one of my favorite parts is when Terry is going through um, that like cabin. Oh, the, the, the redneck one? Yeah. With the fucking weird he jacket? transforms and then comes and starts chasing her around the house. It's like a full-on werewolf, right? Right. And she, like, somehow goes outside, grabs a hatchet, and then decides to hide, like, underneath the stairs. Right. Or something, yeah, yeah. Like, in a weird-ass spot. Well, he starts coming through the wall behind her and shit, and she eventually ends up lopping off his front paw. And that's one of the like reverse transformations that I really like. Dude, that it's, was awesome. It's fucking cool. That was like, really well done. She completely cuts him off like mid forearm and then the hand or the arm starts to slowly like bubble backwards. Yeah, yeah, bubble backwards and reverse back into a human hand and it just like the fingers get fat really slow and it like uncrinkle it looks so cool. I love right. that part. Like, I thought it was pretty cool too. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite scenes big time. That was like, one of the ones that I noted pretty pretty I was pretty impressed by that. And it was a yeah. pretty long scene too. Like they didn't just like cut no, away. No, they spent time on it. Yeah. It was great. I really, really enjoyed it. One of the other ones that I wanted to point out, just because it's pretty silly, is uh, that the Bill character. And by the way, guys, these are spoilers if you didn't already know. But I'm just telling you again, just in case. Bill has sex with one of the other she werewolves and uh, she starts licking his wound that he got scratched on. So gross. And it was all like, (laughs) and she's all slow licking it. And then they like all scream and howl and transform for some good old wolf nookie. Yeah. And then that last trans, that last little quick, bit when they're all cartoon wolves i'm like really you mean the shadows or whatever? yeah, yeah. Was fucking ridiculous. dancing around yeah well that was a budgetary Mouse restraint was like, that was amazing yeah it's the most amazing transformation i've ever seen and i'm like oh my god it's because they spent it all on the other one well there's a lot of <laughs> things that they had to do to cut because of budgetary restraints and stuff like right that, like so. and i get it like and it feels like that too Right. But, yeah, it was just funny. Well, they did a lot with with ridiculous. what they had, for sure. Yeah, they did. They made that money stretch. That's why I said I thought it was more the money that they had to make it. I'm surprised. Yeah. $1.5 for that fucking... Like, and the whole, like, final wolf character, like, that they have, the big creature, is fucking cool. Yeah. He's, like, this perfect combination of, like, a crazy dog-wolf thing and then, like, Frank the Bunny. <laughs> yeah, a little <laughs> That's bit, That's what it huh? reminds me of, because his ears are so, like, long and pointy, and he's got kind of, like, a bunny-shaped face. With the ears, yeah. And I was like, oh, there were some like cute ones in there, huh? <laughs> a lot of them, yeah. There's a lot of cute ones. Like, th- that's why I've never been scared of fucking werewolves because they're just giant puppies, right? I'm like, but you know, whatever. 
dogs. I like it just, and, and I don't want to keep uh, bringing this up, but there was that part right before he transforms where he says, um, he's like, he's like, I wanted to give you a piece of my mind. And he's like, which he improvised that line, by the way. Yeah, that was cool. Though. And he pulls the bullet out of his head and I liked then it. flicks it at her, I think. Um, but yeah, like his, that whole transformation was cool. Um, I thought it was funny, like right before there, he's like wrecking the room and shit. I have that like little still of that when we did the werewolves. Um, uh, what was it? Wicked Moon. Yeah. Yeah. I have that. I use that gif that, that where he's like swiping his hand and knocking shit off the desk. I think it was. Yeah, that or, whole like, scene's really cool. The doctor's office. Yeah. yeah. And that's in that. The, the only thing that disappointed me is when like D comes in and finds terry's character like dead and she just has no reaction to it well yeah and the other thing that really was i'm like what the fuck like that's like your best friend (laughs) she's just like oh shit she's like like, oh oh no who wrecked my room yeah and it's just so casual about it like it's just like i mouse and i were both like i feel like she should be reacting stronger to this but i mean everybody does handle things differently (laughs) like i'm really cool and calm under weird pressure like that. So I probably would have handled it a lot like her. I mean, I would have been a little more shocked, but well, the other thing is, is that Terry, uh, girl, um, she actually like before she gets like turned or whatever before D and everybody shows up like he wrecks the room right and she's like cornered and it makes sense but then all of a sudden for like the next four minutes this transformation happens and she just stares there drives me nuts yeah it's like she just stands there to watch it she's like oh I'm gonna die but this is gonna be the best death of anybody ever that's that's what it feels like like, she can easily get around and run she's got this acid in her hand that she's gonna throw on him right and I'm like clearly he's busy getting bubbled and right pop. and she waits until he's done and then throws it and i'm gonna throw it on his ass like mid transformation and take off bitch right. like run like what the fuck are you doing and it's in multiple times it's not just her it's a lot of the characters that just like sit there through transformations and when we get to like the last bit towards the end of the movie made me even more fucking annoyed which one <laughs> at the end when they get to like the barn scene right and he like um they no wait am i thinking yeah i'm still thinking of the right one I can't remember. I know that they got in a getaway car and there was the sheriff that was on the road and he was like shooting at them and the this car is explodes. After, this is after they set the barn on fire. Okay. So Okay. So I am on the right movie. I got confused for a second because I saw the actor from the second movie in my head, not the first movie. Yeah. Because they're in a small mountain town. So that right. makes sense. They were so D. Wallace's character's brother? No. Because that's the second one. Okay. D. Wallace's brother is in the second one. He's he, <laughs> okay. <laughs> she's the one that gets buried. The dude that is banging Terry. We're gonna put it that way. The reporter, not the reporter, but the, right, the yeah. investigator. The guy that the does all are. the Adam Sandler movies. That guy. Right. I don't know. Mouse thought it was her brother. He's like, is that her brother or something? Like, I don't. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, he's the he's Dennis Duggan. He plays Chris Halloran. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. That makes sense. Anyway, he is going to. He's trying to help. What's her name? D. D. Wallace's character get her boyfriend, husband back, and then they get lured to this barn. <laughs> They've already like completely killed and ripped apart um, her boyfriend and her husband. I'm pretty sure they were married, but whatever. He's like on the table as this like sacrificial lamb, essentially. <laughs> And he's got all these silver bullets and this gun, and they're just, like, casually, like, strolling up to the fucking barn, and then, like, they all come out together, like, all the, you know, all the werewolves or whatever all come out together and face them head on, and then he says he's gonna shoot someone, and the one's like, silver bullets, my ass, and then he shoots him, and he dies, right? Mm-hmm. Which was hilarious. Yeah. But then they all group together and start slowly backing up into the barn, 
And I'm like, why not just shoot them? They're literally ducks in a fucking row. Just shoot them. Right. When you get them all together. And be fucking done with it. But instead, they somehow managed to barricade them in this rickety ass barn with this rickety ass barn door that a werewolf can easily just punch its way through. (laughs) And somehow all six of them like can't punch their way through this fucking wall. And then they like very slowly set the barn on fire. Yeah. And then they Look just out, like the, leave. the fast animals that can run. <laughs> right. Yeah. And just, it's so casual about it. Like it's so it's just like slow and it drives me crazy. Like I'm just like, <laughs> what are you doing? And that's again, like they're watching them like transform instead of just shooting them. Right. I'm like, can you? Well, it's a movie. You it, know. Exactly. So time is I like, try it's to, really hard to time like. Time is irrelevant. Like, yeah, I try not to be too critical of that kind of shit, but I'm just like thinking in an actual like. I totally get it. Human, I mean, there was a like, couple of moments like that in the movie where I was like, come, come on. on. Yeah. yeah. Just be real here. But whatever. It's still cool. And I do like the I do like the scene where they come across the sheriff on the way back. That's pretty funny. Yeah. that When he shoots the car and it explodes, I was I like, know. wow, nice Good shot. shot. <laughs> With someone who can actually shoot a gun. Right. Like, and he, he looked really ridiculous, though, with his teeth. Like, he was like. He did, but he was fun. Like, that's not a person you picture being a werewolf. No, like, <laughs> he was fun, though. It's more sexy than that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Not all werewolves can be sexy. And then, of course, one of the big, big, big spoilers is the very end where D. Wallace turns into a, a cute werewolf on the TV show, which Christina was like, oh, she's cute. I know, that's what I said. I'm like, oh, puppy. <laughs> she's like a little Pomeranian werewolf. But they, they she does it because she's like, we got to show the world that, that this is real. And, and, then, and then everybody shoots the fuck out of her at the fucking... Um, at the uh, on the news in the news station, like on yeah, live TV, right? And nobody believes or cares. By the way, while everyone's watching, which the, the by the way, the final transformation had to be all done in close up because yeah. the film had already exceeded its budget by then, and it actually had to be shot in Joe Dante's office. Oh wow! So because they had no money for any sets or anything anymore, so they just sense. they just kind of did it at, at what they could. But right. you know, it was it's fine, still fine, right? Plus, you know, that end scene always kind of reminds me of like, um, even though I know this one came before those, but it reminds me of like the Truman Show and it reminds at the end of Truman Show where no yeah. one gives a shit. Right. And then there was, uh, what was the other one where the guy's like life is documented as well? Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't think yeah, of Yeah, it's name. got Matthew McConaughey in it and yeah. fucking Woody Harrelson, I think. I think so. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. It's like Sam or some stupid name. shit or like that. Or, yeah. Or Max. Um, I know it, and I love the the kids that are like watching it, and they're just like the news lady's turning into a werewolf. Oh, that's nice, honey. <laughs> yeah, it's so nonchalant. Like everyone's just like whatever, <laughs> whatever. And then the dude at the bar, he's like, the werewolves are real. <laughs> and then you get surprise, surprise. That's a werewolf right there, Marsha, or whatever the fuck her name is. I don't think it was Marsha. Oh, she's sitting at the bar. She's sitting yeah. at the bar, and she orders her burger rare, and then the whole end credits are rolled over a burger cooking on a fucking griddle. Yeah, and it's really laughable I'm right like, there. God but damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. And I'm like, oh, this means See, number two. It's really interesting, too, because both of these movies, and we'll get into the next one right here now, but I just want to say, like, both of these movies, like, can be taken very seriously, but they can also be taken as kind of a... You can have fun with them. You can have fun with them. Like they're in, in, they were made to be entertaining in that sense. Specifically, the first, more so the first one, I think, but the second one too. But they have this. It's like a weird underlining comedy thing going on. Whether you laugh at it inadvertently or not is kind of up in the air. I 
get that more with the second one. The second oh, one, oh yeah, all but feels but like this a one did to too, though. Like it was kind of silly. Some parts, right? Yeah, some parts in the first one, it has that underlying tone. But the second movie, I just felt like the entire movie's a joke. Yeah, I think it, it it's like the beginning of the movie is very serious of this one, and then its second one or the, the second half or whatever. Yeah, it gets weird. It gets really silly a little bit, and like you know some of the characters and stuff. But you know whatever. Yeah, doesn't um, matter. It's still fun. But Brittany did the lion's share on part two. Part I'm going to go ahead and kick that off. Part deuce. We did Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf in ni- from 1985, or also known as Howling 2, Sturba, Werewolf Bitch was the original title of this movie. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> the story goes a little something like this. After countless millennia of watching, waiting, and stalking, the unholy creatures known as werewolves are poised to inherit the earth. After newswoman Karen White's shocking on-screen transformation and violent death, her brother Ben is approached by Stefan Crosco, a mysterious gentleman who claims that Karen has actually become a werewolf. Oh, no. But this is the least of their worries. To save mankind, Stefan and Ben must travel to Transylvania to battle and destroy <laughs> Sturba, the immortal queen of all werewolves, before she's restored to her full powers. <laughs> Which is like what? Like yeah. it doesn't it, isn't that the wrong genre? Ridiculous! I'm yeah, like, this like is, I said, it, that's vampires. Yeah, like, the that's whole like time. the wrong subgenre. And like the bitch brings garlic with her, and I'm like, like vampires. <laughs> All the sex vampires. Like I was so confused. Anyway. I Were they, like though? I, I don't even know. I like, feel like I know nothing about vampires either, but I, like, know all these things. Like, vampires <laughs> are hypersexualized. Like, they have the whole garlic mythology, mythos or whatever behind it, mythology of, like, not being around garlic, whatever. Transylvania. Right. Whatever. They can probably both be in both places. I Like I said, I'm not well-versed in werewolf mythologies. Oh, whatever. Vampires. I don't, whatever. Nobody's going to fault you for that. Yeah, someone's going to. This isn't like, the monster squad, okay? <laughs> You're be like, they're in both fucking places, you bitch. <laughs> okay. Anyways, this was uh, directed by Felipe Mora, um, who's done The Beast Within, Pterodactyl Woman from Beverly Hills, which sounds ridiculous, and I want to see it. He also did Howling 3 and Communion. It was written by Gary Bradner, who wrote the novel, and he's basically just written all of the Howling novels. And also Robert Sarno wrote the screenplay for this one. And the only other writer credit he has is for another film called Decoy. Okay. And I think he wrote that. I don't think he did a screenplay or anything. I think it was his story. Anyway, it stars motherfucking Christopher Lee, which I was really (laughs) excited about, who plays Stefan. Um, He is in The Wicker Man, the original. Mind you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lord of the Rings, believe one and two. I don't remember which ones. Yeah. Um, and in Star Wars Episode Two and a million other movies, you guys, I can go oh, on yeah. forever about it, but I just picked the ones that I know everyone's going to remember him from. Okay. Annie McEnroe, who plays Jenny, who is probably mostly known for her role in Beetlejuice, even though it's very short. Um, she was also in Running Scared and another film called The Hebrew Hebrew Hammer. Yes. Uh, which I haven't seen. It's ridiculous. Uh, it also has Reb Brown, who plays Ben, most commonly known for his roles in Death of a Soldier, Space Mutiny, and Uncommon Valor. It also has Sybil Danning, who plays Sturba. She was in the 2000 remake of Halloween, mm-hmm. Battle Beyond the Stars, and she was a, a SS She-Wolf, I think, in uh, Grindhouse. Oh, she's, really? Okay. Yeah, she was I don't definitely remember. in an ep- one of the Grindhouse She's been in a bits. ton of stuff. She's also in a ton of stuff. She's done a lot of, like, skin and maxi yeah. kind of stuff. Porn. Yeah. <laughs> Wanna be porn yeah. or whatever. Uh, it also has Marsha A. Hunt, who plays Mariana. 
Mariana Mariana, who was in Dracula AD 1972, Fade to Black and The Sender. Not a lot of credits for her. I was kind of surprised, but mm-hmm. then I also wasn't. Um, and also, last but not least is Judd Ullman, who plays Vlad, who was in Dune, Red Dawn, and played Mickey in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what did you think of this movie, Alex? I know this is like your favorite movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's pretty much furry porn, just yeah. chock full of hairy dicks, backs, oh. asses, and tits. There's no dicks in this movie. I know. I okay. know. <laughs> No dicks, just a lot of hairy butts and butt cracks and fucking tits. It's weird. (laughs) Well, this movie is definitely in the, uh, I I kid, by the way, but this movie is definitely in the so bad it's good category for me. Uh, Full of weird shit, horrible horror tropes and jokes. Like they stay, they stay in in a hotel room 666, like ridiculousness uh, or the typical and Yes, they actually fucking did this. The typical boo scare. Um, it, it kind of feels like a spoof movie. <laughs> stupid. But it's actually not. At least I don't think it is. I don't really know. But man, I had a few really hearty laughs in this. And in that sense of, you know, kind of laughing at it because it's so bad. Uh, it's a really great movie to watch. It's fun. In my opinion. You know what I mean? Like some of the werewolf makeup is pretty fucking laughable. Um, they look like a clan of Bigfoot or Wookiees, pretty much. Like, the outfits are kind of weird. I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I have, like, kind of a little bit of an explanation. Oh, re- that, really? Actually. Okay. Yeah, when we get to that point. Which, I mean, they but- often don't show their faces either in these segments, or their faces and the bodies together. Right. There's a couple scenes where they show, like, these half-transformation faces. They never show any, like, real full transformation, just like a puppet head or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's a lot of weird cutaway stuff in right. this one, and I feel like a lot of it's recycled from the first movie. Right, well, I think they... I don't know if it is, but it feels like it. They intercut it with the fake or plastic werewolf head all shaking about in the dark. I'm assuming pretty much just to cover (laughs) a lot of mistakes. Yeah, it really is. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) They probably did it just to cover some shit and also lower the costs of, uh, you know, their budget, I guess. Right. Some of the gore is actually pretty fucking good. Um, I I really enjoyed it. It's a little silly. You can kind of tell it's fake. A little bit, but it's still, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, I like some of the sort of punk new wave vibe guy that they got going on with it. There's the theme song that's pretty fun and they play it a fuck ton. It's like- yeah. Uh, which I did a little research Every, on like, that, by the minutes. way. Yeah, yeah, I have that too. Yeah, they play it like intercutting it randomly into spots with like earlier live footage of the band playing at the club, including the end of the movie, which they match the beat to Sybil Danning ripping off her top like 20 times. 17 times. Is it 17 times? 17 <laughs> times. Well, hey, I was pretty close. Uh, a lot of people love that ending scene by the way so i i think you know a lot of younger guys when we were oh, i'm sure kids we were like oh yeah i mean like i love titties as much as everyone but i was fucking annoyed it's it really drives the point home I that it's like, a, i fucking it's, get it it's a classy movie guys <laughs> like four rips in i'm like all right i'm fucking done like <laughs> okay <laughs> and then it just goes on you get a, quite a few familiar faces in this movie too so you know some from the neck up um <laughs> Just a few. Just a few. <laughs> uh, from the weight, from the chest down. That's how uh, you remember. I yeah, don't know, but whatever. You got Christopher's Lee's best performance ever to date. <laughs> <laughs> 
He plays a sort of a, a Van Helsing character named Stefan uh, or Stefan, whatever. Yeah, I say Stefan, pretty sure it's Stefan. Yeah, I mean, Sybil Danning being in it, also being the cult movie queen, you know, cult B movie queen, pretty much. Uh, she's like scream queen slash, yeah. you know, sexy woman. It's a big deal. Of the, the 80s and everywhere, pretty much. Uh, they also have the lesser known Judd Omen as Vlad, which I really, I recognized and was like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yep. Um, I think this movie is just like, what the fuck did I just watch kind of movie? So, you know, it feels a bit thrown together, but it's a, it's a great pizza and beer movie. I think with yeah, your friends, I agree. uh, you can laugh and watch it and not really pay attention because you're not really missing all that much. And it definitely makes me wonder how the series continued on because of this movie. I, yeah. Like how the fuck did the series and franchise continue on after these seven, you know, with seven or eight films, you know, I just, I don't know how that all worked. Like, this movie pretty much would have killed it. Someone please explain that to us. Although, I mean, you got Return of the Living Dead, and the second one's like the worst one of the first I mean, three. So, yeah, I mean, it, Halloween went on after Halloween 3. Fuck, so. Return of the Living Dead. I think wasn't Return of the Living Dead 2, like fucking PG 13. I think so. And it's coming out on Blu ray. I'm excited about it, but whatever. Anyway, you get my point. <laughs> um,. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those movies. Me and Christina were just blown away by it. She was like, I've never seen this. I had so long ago that I don't even remember it. You know, I didn't remember a fucking thing about it. I remember one thing, and that was her fucking dope ass outfit dude it's all i remember <laughs> oh my god judd omen in this movie made me fucking crack up so many fucking times he's so overacting in he's some of terrible. the parts him and what's her face are awful i gotta mention this one part because yeah, like the, the the two main Marcia. characters like are banging at one point in a hotel in transylvania which like you see they they pan over to judd omen and he's like like he can smell their their fucking their fucking cunnilingus or whatever and she's getting fucking railed up against the wall she's like "Ah!" (laughs) okay what led to that moment too i was just like are you fucking kidding me because she they like just get to this hotel right yeah she literally is like hold me i'm so scared and then they like kiss and then all of a sudden they're fucking and i'm like like, oh okay like hold me i'm so scared and then i'll fuck the shit out of me against this wall who the fuck does that and they're kind of being sweet on the bed and they like knock over the luggage which is so dramatic (laughs) and then all of a sudden you just see her getting fucking railed up against the wall and it's like jesus i know i was like well that escalated quickly like (laughs) the fuck like it was all sweet and like at this innocent moment even though it was weirdly misplaced like it was and then it just gets like porn like hardcore yeah. porn. Well, it's not hardcore. As it's not because he's not naked and you don't really see anything. It's but definitely it's still pushing. Like, it's pushing a hard. It's R. pushing the boundaries, and then <laughs> he doesn't have his pants off, right? So the whole time he's just like fucking her against his wall. A couple minutes later, flash forward, like they come out of smiling the room, <laughs> all smiling and holding on to each other, like with this like sex, like like postcoital glow or whatever. Yeah, and everybody smells and it I, on like, him. Smacked mouse, and I'm all. Do you think those are the same jeans he just fucked her in? <laughs> yeah, he's got a wet spot on the <laughs> front. Spot? I would have fucking died if they did that. I was like, I was like, they should have put a fucking wet spot on those jeans. Like, yeah. I would have fucked. Oh my god. Oh my god. And oh. he's just got like brown streaks down his leg. Glorious. Or something. Like, 
It was so sorry, stupid. Dude. I was like, this is so fucking. And then, of course, Vlad's reactions the whole time. And then he starts like biting on the dancer chick's neck and shit. Oh, I'm like, oh my fuck the, off. Just the fact that he was like, <laughs> yeah, can we talk about how no one can howl in this movie? Well, yeah, it's like they wanted to make it very casual in this movie <laughs> so that it was like they're more like people. And, and, and I guess there was like vampires and werewolves in this movie, but I didn't really fucking understand it because they all have the same fucking teeth. Right. And some of them look different. I just, I couldn't even follow the story, to be honest, but it just cracked me up. Like, yeah. And then, like, Sybil's fucking staff that she has, which has a cool scene. Well, we don't want to get too end. much into it yet. Yeah. But, like, that that's like a dragon. Yeah, I don't understand it. It's like it. a weird dragon. It's like a it's like a fucking vampire, vampire. Like yeah, it's like a like a vampire bat. It's completely confusing. It is like confusing. there's so many like mixed themes and mythologies like going on in this movie that it none of it fucking ever makes sense. But at the same time, it, I guess it doesn't really need to. Right. The whole story is bonkers as fuck. It is really. And so they're just like, who cares? Like the story makes no fucking sense. So then why don't we just throw in vampires and fucking bats and what the fuck ever else? I feel like I don't know, and weird sex scenes. Yeah, like people with lots of hair fucking and then just barking at each other like pathetically. They all sound like puppies, and it's weird. <laughs> it's weird and uncomfortable. Like I was so uncomfortable in those scenes, and I'm like never uncomfortable in movies. And like those scenes where they're all hairy with their big old hairy butt cracks and shit, like trying to well, have sex or whatever the fuck it is they're doing. And the funny thing is, is that it actually follows the story of the first one. So like Karen from the first movie, who was a reporter who gets turned in at the very end. Uh, she goes on, she's the sister of this guy who's the main star with this other girl. And it's so funny to me because she just goes along with it. Yeah. She's just like, oh, I'm a reporter too. And I'm going to find out, I'm going to write a book. Whatever. Like, know? hey, let's go into the dungeon and fell. And it's, it's really silly, but I, I fucking love it for that reason because it's, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is one of those movies that, you know, I, I would definitely add it to the so bad it's good list yeah, it's of, there. of movies i'd watch again it's there and it's like they get obviously they get mixed up with priests and bullshit it's ridiculous i don't know it it seems like it was on. an excuse to kind of just get sexy a little bit and that's silly. exactly what it feels like yeah. it, it feels like a skinamax movie with like a horror theme to kind of hide it right you know like a to mask it or whatever it's just ridiculous well, did you have any trivia on it? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, to touch on something first that you talked about a little bit. Okay. Um, Joe Dante, who directed the first Howling, was never offered the chance to direct this movie because the rights to the book for The Howling 2 was owned by one of the producers and by Gary Bradner, the author ah, of the book. Which we already and know. And Bradner, who obviously was not a fan of Dante at the time, right. was not likely to consider him directing the sequel. Yeah, well, which, he talks so much shit. Exactly. And the um this film is the only howling sequel that directly follows the original film's events. Right. And it's also the only howling film to feature the input of the original novelist, Gary Bradner. Well yeah, and he actually did write the screenplay for this he one. He did. Yeah. And that's why he's like, That motherfucker is not touching my movie. Well, I would <laughs> I I can't blame him. I mean No, I can't either. Fuck I would that. Be like, I wouldn't fuck want him involved either. Exactly. But it's so funny that he wanted to be attached to this one so much. And this is what makes me want to read the books. I agree. Or like find out about him. And like, are they this like, is it, is it technically like sexy novels, like romance novels with werewolves? Yeah. Well, it wasn't, I, I, one of the movies, I think it was one of the uh, writers that was on the howling did. I don't remember if you said he wrote the clan of the cave bear books or if he helped to direct a movie for it oh yeah but there's a lot of people yeah yeah. Clan of the cave bear is like a big 
uh, there's a lot of books in like that series. My sister-in-law is like a huge fan of those books. She reads them like over and over and over and over and over. Right. But they're like erotica novels. Well, that's what I was wondering. Period piece erotica novels, and that's why I wonder if these are like that. And that's why probably Dante didn't like them. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. know, Who knows? But um, did you want to talk about the the Babel band, by the way? Because I'll let you. The Babel band. The band Babel. Is that what the name of the band yeah. was? Well, I just I had a little bit on it, so I was like, if you had it, I would let, I'll let you can talk. About well, it I want. mean, the song that they over that they play a lot of the times. Uh, I guess Brittany said it was Babel, um, but the song is by Stephen W. Parson, who he was like actually a really big kind of musician from uh, a lot of groups that made what is called beat music. Um, you know, like basically like snapping your fingers, beat music kind right. of thing, like hipster shit pretty much back then. Shit. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying shit. You no, know what no, I, mean. I know. I know. What you mean. Um, but he was in groups like 21st Century, Spanish Leather, Flesh Chest Fever and uh, Nothing Ever Happens. All one word. Nothing ever happened. Nothing. Uh, But he was in uh, He was asked to sing for the Sharks This band called the Sharks He even produced music for Adam and the Ants Uh, Plus he shot videos For Men Without Hats Dope So he was like He had this big production team too That did scripts and screenplays And also music He was trying to make this whole thing I guess But He actually uh, Yeah he composed the soundtrack for this movie Yeah he did Yeah and he also composed uh, For movies like Charlie uh, The movie Funny Man Which we actually um, That we watched uh, Journal of a Contract Killer And Nine Miles Down His uh, production company shot like a pilot for a film uh, television series based on the concepts of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft as well, and he made like a 45-minute pilot. It was uh, released on DVD by Lurker Films in 2000, uh, entitled Rough Magic, hmm. uh, also known as Dreams of Cthulhu, uh, but he, he gave a lot to that, and I thought it was kind of interesting that he was uh, really into that. Uh, it, it, a lot of uh, his con- contribution to the Lovecraft mythos is... Uh, detailed in the lurker in the lobby. Um, so I don't know if you want to, if you guys want to look it up. But you said he was in Babel. I didn't know that was the name. Yeah, that's of the, band. the name of the actual band. I thought it was just him because um, he's a producer. Mouse was looking around because he kept seeing like specimen and Batcave and shit written on the wall, and so he was like, "Was Batcave like a big club back in the '80s or whatever?" Mm-hmm. And it was in London. Oh, okay. It was this big club in London, and all the bands that played there wrote their names on the wall. See, so, like you can see Alien, Sex Fiend, um, Specimen. Like, there's a whole bunch of fucking bands. Gigi Allen or whatever. Oh. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. GBH, I believe, or whatever it was. No, it was Gigi Allen. And, yeah. like, there's a bunch of fucking names and shit, like, uh, bands written all over the wall. And I was like, it's, it's obviously not the actual place. So they just probably tried to mold they, it yeah, after. Yeah, they, they probably want to make it, especially like, CB, CBGBs and stuff like that. Right, especially because yeah. you just see alien sex repeated a million times, but you never see Fiend yeah. after it. So I'm just like, okay, so I see what they're doing, you know? But that was really cool. Like he, he looked into that, and it's not clearly not filmed in that club, but that was a big club in the 80s in London, so they tried to model it a little bit after that to make it like that yeah yeah. supposedly this whole sexual aspect of this film is supposed to be based on like the whole like new wave sure yeah well they kind of did it like with like return of the living dead a little bit sort of exactly Uh, a lot of movies in that era yeah super fun which i like that i like that in those 80s movies like if they can nail it they nail it you got like I still believe in Lost Boys and shit. Oh, did I ever Wait. tell you that I saw that 
I saw him fucking do that who? song. Just say who the you think he is. Sexy sax man. Is Did you just say about? the sexy sax man? Yeah. Okay. Am I wrong? The, no, 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 no. This is like a new thing. I was like uh, uh, perusing on Twitter and uh, Jonathan, John Squires, who is part of Bloody Disgusting. He's like the editor in chief, I guess. He actually had to... <laughs> And I probably shouldn't be sharing this because it's, I don't know, it's stupid. But I just thought it was interesting because they put out an article because the guy who's doing, who did that is finally putting out a new album. Sweet. Uh, so the the Sexy Sax Man, right? Yeah, I don't well, remember his actual name. So they put that. the title of the thing. It said Sexy Sax Man puts out new album, is putting out a new album. And the guy who does, plays the, the, What's that song? The really slow song, the slow jam. Yes. Oh my God, uh, careless whisper. Careless whisper. I love he that he goes song. into like <laughs> like he, that was like his thing. Like he became like an internet sensation. Again, and now he's like kind name. of like a tired meme a little bit. But he's played like in big events and stuff, and like he's gotten some sort of notoriety as sexy sax man. Right. Exactly. So he got upset about this and made them change the name to Saxman. Oh, that's so fucked up. I know. I was like, but he's I... always been the sexy sax man. I, even though I don't find him sexy and he's greasy and he's weird. Oh, he's amazing. But he's awesome. I've heard he's really cool. He guy. is so fucking nice. Yeah. And well, we just talked about him recently. Like, he's so fucking chill. But like... I just thought it was funny that that guy is like that the yeah. sexy sax it's, man. It's he was like, you need to take that down. I fucking love Careless Whisper. And I can't think of his actual like the actual artist's name to save my life right now. But oh, I can't. And think I love of it, that it. song. But yeah, I mean, that's one of those songs like, I still believe. Never gonna dance again. I'm trying to wonder, I'm trying to think of like other movies that had like that kind of song in it, you know? Right. That's what they were trying for. They always wanted to have that in there, which I love that era in a way, even though I didn't really get to experience it as like a a grown adult, like between 16 and 22 or whatever, whenever it mattered in the club scene. (laughs) You know, I don't know. Like, I would have been a part of that because you, if in this movie, and uh, Howling 2, all of those people that are in the front row are like really into it. Yeah. Like, like really. And it doesn't even seem, it seems genuine. Yeah. They're all extras. They in the club scene. They actually put out, um, so they filmed a lot of this in the then Soviet controlled Prague, which obviously offered a lot of difficulties to them, such as they had to bring in a bunch of actual trash <laughs> to make it look like it was dirty. Oh. Because the, um, Communist streets are obviously very clean. Right. Um, And then they put out a local casting call looking for punks, and they ended up getting a thousand people that arrived to be extras in the movie, which resulted in the uh, local police calling in both the regular police and the military because of all these fucking people, and they're all crazy-looking humans. So the director, Mora, was advised by an army colonel that he can finish shooting the scene, but everybody had to leave in groups of no more than three. Oh, because they were worried the about a riot or something? They were worried about something? a crazy riot, yeah. And I thought that was interesting because, like, everybody there is probably the actual, you know. Well, they were really into it. So, I mean. Kids, they all look legit. And it, that was just a casting call that just naturally went out and they got all these people involved. And everybody is super into it and it was fun. It felt really believable. So, it actually feels like a club scene. So, I liked that. And they, oh, they do that in Strangeland, too, by the way. They try to do the whole, like, club vibe with the song thing, too, with uh, oh. Bile. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I love that song, too. (laughs) It's like one of the only songs I can actually remember by Bile. Yeah. 
Um, well, it's because it sounds like something else. Actually. It totally does. <laughs> it throws me every time. It's like a ministry song. I hear let's that be minis- honest. Every time yeah. I hear that ministry song, I'm like, fuck yeah, it's in league and I'm all shit. So yeah. It's ministry song that Bile totally like ripped off. <laughs> anyway, um, so fun thing that I thought was interesting and kind of sad but cute. Christopher Lee, when he was cast for Gremlins 2, one of the first things that he did was apologize to Joe Dante for being in this movie. <laughs> because he's so embarrassed of it and he later stated in an interview at the time of the film's united states release that his entire reason for even accepting the part is because he'd never been in a werewolf movie before right so well we picked he, this one <laughs> and funny thing is he was also in the funny man which uh stephen parsons did the music for yeah so it's all kind of related there. everything kind of ties in it's weird right but they also reported too that he was so upset with the acting of Judd Omen and Marsha Hunt. They were just so bad that he was just so disconnected when he was off camera. There was a, like it, he was visibly like distraught <laughs> over the fact of like how terrible their acting was. And it was like, oh my God. He it was, was funny. There was not a, happy about this movie. There was a part in the movie where he's like, I'm gonna go to the village. You guys do your thing. It was almost like they were like, uh yeah, he's like, I don't want to do this he anymore. Means it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you feel like he means it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, So earlier, when you were talking about the actual werewolves and creatures or whatever in this movie, right? Right. I thought they looked like monkeys. Right, yeah. Well, that's why I said Bigfoot or yeah. fucking uh, Wookiees. So when they finally got the werewolf suits, okay, it, it was contained in a crate that was marked 20th Century Fox Planet of the Apes. Well, there you go. And I was like, that makes <laughs> See? so much sense. See, this is why I don't like to look this shit up because then it's like, like I, I like it's it like an aha. So much because that last I did time, the same thing. Uh, yeah, it was the same. Last time I said something else, and it, and then it was like part of it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, thank God. Yeah. I was like, I'm actually, uh, you know, we really know what I'm talking about. We both had about. the same <laughs> aha moment last time. We both had the same aha. It's moment It's pretty this time. obvious. It's it not like like I'm a genius for figuring that out or anything. I just mean like. It looked like monkey suits, guys. Exactly. <laughs> Obviously, Mora was completely horrified to find that he'd been sent monkey suits, so he quickly contacted the producer of the movie, and his response was, you're talented, you'll make it work. Oh, and then he hung nice. up on him. <laughs> he kept That's... arguing with him about it, and then he just eventually hung up on him. And they're... Um, they had. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find the other I would part be that pissed, I had. Dude. I would have been pissed too. I'm like you, motherfucker. Like you sent the wrong fucking costumes, and then you got the guff to fucking. <laughs> so they must have like somebody must have screwed them over when they made it or something. So, uh, something like there's something behind it. Like I don't know. Like I that I would have. I I don't know. He kept fighting for it and just got hung up on. Um. So he was stuck with the monkey suits, and Christopher Lee had actually overheard the entire dilemma and came up with this improvisation and imp- improvised the line in the movie of the process of evolution is reversed so is that the very beginning i think so yeah Yeah. i remember that because it was like really dramatic so he loved the idea obviously and this movie became noted by one critic specifically for being the only werewolf film to have the phase man monkey right okay yeah yeah, and i'm like so they kind of made it work in a way but at the same time it still doesn't fucking work well yeah so they did kind of make it work Sort of. Okay. <laughs> With the monkey suits. I mean, they did, guess, but it was but like really crappy. It was, yeah. It wasn't good. I don't know. Yeah, I was tried. I mean, it doesn't really matter because this movie's kind of silly. Right. That's why I'm like, it doesn't, who cares in the end? Yeah. At the end like, of the day, it's all fucking pointless. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, it was kind of, I don't know. There was just, uh, there, it, 
the whole storyline is kind of weird and the two main actors aren't that good although i would say the girl's a little bit better than the guy yeah he's pretty bad yeah he was just like <laughs> I don't know. He's all right. He's just filler. Everybody to me, Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee is like the only actor that's like good. In pretty much, movie. yeah. Like, I don't, I don't I know. Mean, he's the only believable character. Sybil Danning does like, Sybil Danning. Exactly. Like, you know she's, what I mean? she's the same. I feel like she's consistently the same type of It's character. a pretty silly role. Yeah. And I don't know. She did have some dope ass fucking outfits, though. Yeah. <laughs> that one in particular. Some chainmail like, looking oh, shit. Oh, my God. Bring out the gimp. I need it all. Like, it's so cool. And I'm like, why did everybody turn into like a BDSM fucking wet dream? Like, <laughs> what the hell happened with that? Like, yeah. they're weird. Where'd all those people come from? Like, it's like this weird sex party, but no one's having sex. It's yeah. Just, there's like a- everyone's standing around in leather and in their underwear. It was stupid. <laughs> Did you have any favorite scenes for this movie? I thought there was like there's that one part where in the very beginning when they're in the city and they leave the party and the 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 black werewolf chick and I can't think of her name for the life of me. Her character's name? Is yeah. Oh yeah. Um Mariana. Mariana, okay. Well she goes she like lures these like uh guys. Like first of all, like this guy's like trying to hit on her and she's like he's like, Do you want me to buy you another drink? And she's like, no. And his friend goes, yeah, she wouldn't want anything to do with you or something like that. He's like, you need to ask her if she'd like to fuck. And then <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, let's do it. She's like, follow me. And like, it's nighttime when they leave. OK, clearly the club's still open, but. The music continues, so they intercut it with the fucking song again, and and the song is the whole movie, pretty much, guys. Yeah, like, um, every like twenty minutes. Yeah, like at least, and then they they uh they leave, and then they're driving down the road. She's in a car, and they're all on motorcycles, and. <laughs> It's daytime by the time they get where they're going. So I'm like, what did they drive four hours to get fucking laid? Like, damn, you boys are desperate. It's commitment. Right. (laughs) And then the other dude's with his girl. Like, why the fuck would he care? I would have been like, fuck this. This is two, three hours out. (laughs) Anyway, they get in there and then like she takes off her panties after howling to let all the other werewolves know that it's werewolf party to eat time, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and then, and then the bottle comes out of nowhere and smashes that one guy with the glasses on, on the side of the head. I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> He, it's like he's like and it's a funny thing his name is deacon too which is my Cute. streaming name deacon rain but he goes uh one of his friends is like oh no you made deacon mad he gets real nasty when he gets mad and then he gets eaten by the werewolf <laughs> she's all sucking on his neck and like they intercut her mouth dripping blood for like the in and out of the whole fucking scene while the other people are running off That's so ridiculous one guy gets crushed by like a fucking <laughs> a fucking box that one of the werewolves pushes off the top, which is so random. Yeah, it's so weird. Like the whole scene is just weird. <laughs> like, yeah. But hilarious. It made like, me laugh and I was like, Oh yes, this is amazing. I love yeah. this. I instantly was just like, bah! like it took me back to the kid falling over the trash on the beach last week. <laughs> well, this is better than that. This was better than that. Yeah. But it was still really good. I was laughing so hard. What other scene do you have, Brandy? I like, and it's just because I like her costume. I like when Sybil comes out and she's in this like fucking sick ass warrior woman type pieced costume. It's all like leather with these straps all over it. It's so fucking cool. And she looks so sweet. And then 
she sits on a throne and looks really cool. And then you come back and she's wearing sunglasses. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why? And it turns out, supposedly, she had pink eye. And that's why she was wearing sunglasses. Right. Oh, they put, didn't they put the sunglasses on Christopher Lee, too? I don't remember them on him, but I, yeah. remember, I remember them on her because it pissed me off. Yeah. Because was, I was like, why the fuck is she wearing sunglasses? I don't understand this. Like, And it turns out that's because she had fucking pink eyes. So oh. I try not to show it on the camera. So I understand that, but it still made Necessity me Necessity is the mother of invention. And they're like, it's fine. Like, you're the she-wolf. You can wear whatever the fuck you want. I'm like, no, she can't. She still looks dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so you got makeup, right? Like, use a disposable fucking brush and fix that shit <laughs> assholes <laughs> well uh, the funny uh, one of my favorite scenes is such a little one too is like a little one do you remember when the um uh, Mar- mariana goes and gets on the train and she goes they go to transylvania which still by the way i still just don't understand don't, the transylvania connection and why they needed to go there and why that was so important like it's just i think it was just like i'm a fan of horror we got to go to transylvania like right. it, it really so didn't make any sense stereotypical but in a wrong right. environment stereotypical tropes all that that like i was talking about yeah. um but there the, she <laughs> This is the funny part. Christina said this, too, and I was thinking it. So she gets off the train to meet up with her liaison uh, in fucking uh, Transylvania. And when she gets off the train, she has best friend uh, locket that she matches. Oh, I did that, too. Oh, yeah. God. And then she, like, connects it oh. with him to let him know that she's part of the tribe. I forgot about that. I was yeah, like, best the- friends forever. I know. That's what Christina said. <laughs> I love her so much. Like, I'm so excited that she did the same exact yeah. thing Yeah, well, as me. I mean, it's pretty much what it looks like. That's exactly what it but looks they like. Were There's so, no heart-shaped. They were so serious. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And I'm like, how that can you- That cracked me up. Literally, best friends forever. And then it just all went downhill from there. <laughs> from that moment, like, I was just like, oh, no. And then I just started talking shit all the time throughout the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty uh, laughable stuff. It is. It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's fucking fun. Uh, let's see if I had anything else. I loved- the scene where even though leading up to that is really stupid i can't believe the priest is like that dumb but the old dude at the end like the last priest that gets in there besides oh um, yeah 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 besides uh steph stefan stefan's character he like she's trying to sneak up behind sybil danning as she's like doing some weird enchanting bullshit right right of course, obviously, before he gets close enough to her, she turns around with her stupid, weird staff thing that's like a dragon, vampire. It's a it's a vampire werewolf, bat. Yeah. whatever the fuck it on is. a stick. Yeah. yeah, but it looks more like a vampire bat. But the face is like a dragon, and so is the tail. So like, it, none right. of it makes any sense. And it's obviously like this floppy, like a uh, puppet type character, laughable. Yeah, the entire time because it moves around pretty freely anytime she moves the staff. So it comes to life, right? And then it starts like attacking. The, the the priest's character right. and then it just like sticks its tail like all the way down in this dude's mouth and he very clearly then turns into like a puppet yeah and his mouth is open the whole fucking time, oh, time which me and christina were like oh, oh yeah i'm oh. a real boy <laughs> <laughs> the whole time and then it, like it but it was still cool because like the the blood gets into the like wooden eyes or or the glass eye, whatever the fuck yeah they use they're for like his fake, eyes, and then yeah. like they are moving and they keep like rolling up and down and it looks cool like yeah. it's so fucking fucking fake and so fucking stupid but it's perfect but it still know. looks cool it really is and i love it and then they show it again later and then like <laughs> well plus they also have that other gore scene with the, <laughs> the, the dwarf i thought of that too yeah, yeah where his eyes pop out of his head like that whole weird lead up to that by the way was really weird he throws the knife 
at that guard who's yeah. wearing like a suit of armor. Oh, uh, just the helmet. Yeah, just the helmet. Just that's the right. Helmet. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because that guy walks around in the orgy room, like doesn't he? Like without his shirt on. I think so. <laughs> he just has a black robe and a fucking like crazy like knight helmet. Yeah. The 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 dwarf. He's like. What what do they they have a conversation? They're like hiding behind the rock, and the dwarf is like, he's like, yeah, let's give it to him. And he was like, yeah, just get him. And then he throws the knife, and then he runs up, swings this mace. He's like I'll spot you. Yeah, and then he hits him in the head. And he was like, wow, that's ingenious. Or it so, was so so bad. Too. Like he does this little dwarf hop, and it's so cute. Like, yeah, <laughs> he would never be able to reach that fucking guy. He was so tall. It was perfect. I liked. I thought oh, it was my God, cool. It was so like, funny. It's just it was so like hard. long and odd it was weird and then and then the dwarf after he gets his head popped and his eyes pop out he gets thrown out a fucking window <laughs> but he gets transitioned to like a girl like a little girl sound well they make it sound like thing. it yeah it's like ridiculous he's know. wearing a mask that drives me nuts and they they use his dead body to animate him because sturba is like fucking she's puppeteering she's got him. puppet powers where she could control the dwarf that they killed yeah. and like walk him in the street and he's like hello and he goes up to Stefan, and I was like, "Isn't that the same guy?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah, it is." To lure, yeah, but they yeah. chuck him out the window, and he falls on like a bunch of spikes. Again, I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> <It was laughs> like that funny. moment, he's just like, ah! "I'm like, yes." He <laughs> <laughs> just like, and he's like on these like there's a weird circle of spikes. Like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, even it's like a weird circle of asphalt with spikes sticking out of it that serves zero fucking purpose for anything. I knew it was going to be spikes, but I thought everybody it was, knows I thought it was going to be. The I thought fence. it was going to be the fence. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like, oh no, we got this weird circle of spikes that is here for no reason. It's completely nonsensical, but who cares? We at got this we, point in this movie. Yeah, but I was dying. We got to talk about the big orgy party. Do we? It was it, like you said there was vampires. I didn't really catch on to that. Maybe I was wasn't paying attention or something. But I, I didn't it, see vampires. I'm saying the whole sexuality. That's oh vampires to right. me. Like all of that. I I'm again not well versed in werewolf mythology. Maybe they're a bunch of sex fiends too. But that whole hypersexual. I have to fuck everything all the time. Mentality is very tied to vampires. Well, they have they it's do sensual. Yeah, it, it felt weird. Like, I just still don't understand why they went to Transylvania. I, I don't either. Like, but, but beside that point, like... They did have one transition sex part where uh, Serba, Vlad, and uh, Mariana all have, like, a threesome. And they're, like, on either side of Serba. And she's just like, yes. And they're all hairy, right? Like, they had, like, hairy butts and shit. Really hairy butts. Like, yeah, it was and the like, whole inside of their ass crack was just like. Yeah, that cuffs. turned me off. Like it was disgusting. I didn't really get into that. I couldn't know who. I... But the, but the funny this is the reason I bring that up is because they get into this orgy and none of them are werewolves. They're all just naked. They're like puppy weird. There's no there's no makeup. There's no nothing. They just have sex. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's so weird. But did you notice? Like it goes in and out. Well, there was like, like I would. It was like they still they had like a couple of people. Like there was like two grandmothers and a grandpa in the background, just kind of standing around looking right. bored and well, like like they the were tired or something. They were like, "Okay, is this done yet? We've been fucking filming this orgy scene for like like ten hours." Well, I mean, shit. They're just like nipping at each other for the entire like. 
all the whole scenes they're just like rubbing on each other all weird and like maybe sort of scratching they're acting like cats which like weirds me out like that they're <laughs> that, that kind of like mentality it's not right an, it's not wolf like at all it's puppy bites it's like not even and they're just like the whole i'm like oh fucking shut up like it was pissing me off this is so annoying like all the noises that they're making and they look stupid and like those were the most frustrating scenes like out of all of them they were those were probably the most frustrating scenes to me is anytime they kept cutting back to that right yeah why this is so does not have anything to do with anything with this movie and it's stupid i mean like it's not sexy it's just dumb a lot of it is very obligatory uh stereotypical tropes but in the end like i really think this was like the fun film out of the two uh obviously the first one is the better film right that's not you can't argue that but there's a lot to be said for i guess like i was in the mood for some silliness and i wanted to laugh and just be like i can't believe i just watched this yeah you know what i mean i don't remember hardly anything about it and watching it again was like what the fuck yeah yeah and you you get a good laugh with Howling too, <laughs> I'd say. I mean, yeah. You don't get any substantial story whatsoever or any good acting other than Christopher Lee. But, I mean, you get Sybil Danning's tits, which is cool. You get to see him 17 times, which is really annoying. At the end scene, yeah. Um, you get to see a lot of boobs, actually, a lot of them. There's a lot of good ones. So the, the song, of course, ends the movie, but it's like this like B-roll sort of thing where they're like, I don't really understand it. They're like showing like 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 they're replaying the movie a couple of times. They do a lot of TV type shit in this. Yeah, it's weird. Like, you know, like old 70s and 80s shows where they always like play the music at the end and they show each of the stars or like uh, what was it? Cannonball Run, where they like show like each of the stars and they turn and you see their face and it's like hey these were all the great people in this movie and it's like this moment well and then they do all that and then oh they also did like weird cuts they do where they had like spiral transitions and shit which just seemed like a tv show and then like or batman or something it's so strange but but awkward but the very end do you remember the very end scene where they kill or Sturba gets killed by Christopher Lee's character, Stefan. Yeah, they like all melt together. They melt together or whatever. And then uh, you see the two main characters get out and they run up to this guy on the street that are having the full moon celebration. And they're, and he goes up to him, puts the gun up to his chin, and he's like, what's the fastest way to the airport? And then and the guy just pokes his, the, the violin reed over he's his shoulder. <laughs> and then well, they leave and to? that's it. I know, and I was like, and that bitch wow. is not about to get on an airplane. She's covered in blood. Who the fuck right. are they fooling? I, that's what I was <laughs> thinking, too. She's, like, running through the downtown. I was like, don't mind her. No she's just covered cares. in blood. Yeah, no one's noticing. And I'm like, well, there's a bunch of weirdos, like, running around in that scene anyway. So it's like, I guess I get it. But, yeah, I mean, she's literally just running around head to toe. Yeah, she did. She, she wasn't, like, her being tied up, by the way, wasn't very becoming of no. She didn't look too good up there. No, the whole time Mouse was like, why does everybody want to have sex with a little boy? <laughs> and I was like, oh. And then after that, it ruined it because I'm like, she does look like a little boy. <laughs> uh, what and else like, was... Her in the bath was not attractive. That well, wasn't was like, the very oh, end, though. God. They get back to the city where they were and they're in their apartment together. And oh, then, yeah. Then the werewolf comes that to the shit. door and then they go over there and then there's another priest and he's like, I don't have a boy. It's... The priest that was on the fucking road 
Right. That Doing they the whole saw roadblock when they hit that woman. Up yeah. When the other, well, the, someone hit the woman and they're trying to trap him. Right. And I'm like, how in the flying fuck do you not notice that it's the same fucking person? Right. Because that dude would stick out like crazy to me, especially if they just tried to kill me like a week, a week ago or whatever. And they, this, it's a weird ass tiny little man with big old glasses and a priest fucking collar. Like he, he sticks out. It's the same person. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? I was like, why don't we pick up on this? And I would have fucking left. You know what I think of when I think of this movie is um, Fright Night 2. Oh, okay. It reminds me of Fright Night Part 2 uh, because it's kind of silly in uh, that same same way. It's very campy. It's just like not good campy, you know? I don't know. I still really enjoyed the second one a whole lot. And they're very different from each other. But I, I really think... That I was just in the mood for something stupid and the, the, and and just silly off the wall to be like, oh, yeah. my God, I can't believe I just watched that. This is watch this with a group of friends and have some drinks. Yeah, it is for a sure. fun movie to watch. It I didn't I wasn't bored with the movie. No. I, I reeled in like, what the fuck? <laughs> like laughing. So it kept me interested the whole time. And then the first one was really good, too. Uh, it, like I said, better movie. Second one, a whole lot more fun. Yeah. So agreed. Yeah. So do you have any other final thoughts on that? No. Yeah. The howling is better. But if I was going to be stuck on a desert island and I only had one movie out of the two to keep watching, I would pick the second one. Really? It's so okay. Stupid. It's and it made me laugh a lot. The first one didn't really make me laugh. <laughs> so if I had to watch that movie all the time, stuck on a desert island between it's the two of them. It's fucking hilarious. It's funny. Well, it's I'm so saying. stupid. You're stuck on a desert island. You can only pick the howling one or the howling two to watch forever. I don't know. A lot of people would say the first one, but you know that's an obvious choice. I think the I think second one is just more fun. The second one is just more fun, and it's probably more in vein with like the shit that we like to watch. Yeah, I like, that we we get a kick out of. I like you know what I mean? Shit. I yeah. like serious. Shit like too. I want to own it. I I don't own it, so I think we're gonna get like the whole series of all these movies because you can get the first one, the second one on Blu-ray, the third fifth and sixth one on blu-ray the fourth one is on dvd for like five bucks and then like the seventh and eighth one i don't even know i think it's probably dvd so it's crazy yeah mouse was like we're gonna watch uh, three and four now right and i was like no we're gonna have to wait i'm like not right now i'm like i'm not <laughs> watching these unless i have to yeah, we'll watch them another time, guys. But if you guys would like us to continue on with that, please let us know in our comment section below. Have you guys seen these movies? What are your thoughts on these movies? Do these compare? I always ask you each week, which which one do you prefer over the other? And uh, I, it's surprising. There's a lot of people that really like the second one, too. And, uh, you know, after seeing it now, decades later, you know, it's pretty cool. I enjoyed it. I had fun. It's all right. Yeah. I don't know. Next week, obviously, will be our hundredth episode. Uh, If you guys could, you know, you know, we always appreciate that you guys share this, but you know, uh, especially on the hundredth episode, we're gonna hopefully have Patrick here with us. So, thank you guys so much for listening and and always uh, coming by each week. We really greatly appreciate that. And of course, as always, stay weird, monsters. Too